Thursday, March 25th. We have only a five-game NBA slate and a massive 11-game NHL slate. So I am here solo mixing it up, uh, covering some NHL uh, contests on Superdraft to get you ready for the big 11-game slate. A lot of action tonight, so should be fun. Uh, You can check out contests on Superdraft um, if you are a – uh, new NHL player or wanting to try your hand at NHL, it's a uh, potentially good night to give it a shot. Superdraft has the uh, 70 max nickel contest, which, you know, is super uh, cheap and like very, you know, cheap to get into. You can just throw in uh, a bunch of lineups and uh, find it to be a pretty a uh, good plus EV contest for anyone who's kind of just interested in wetting their toes. They have the uh, their single dollar uh, contest up tonight. Um, also a cheap one to get into. They got some single entry stuff, some two entry max kind of, uh, you know, $15 entry, stuff like that. Not any huge prize pools, but, uh, you know, if you're new to NHL or wanting to try it out for the big uh, slate, they have a couple or a number of kind of entry level contests to get your feet wetted. So I encourage you guys to check that out at superdraft.io. So with the big slate, starting at goalie, there are a number a viable 2x, 2, 2x multiplier goalies. Typically, our optimals tend to prefer these higher multiplier goalies. Um, you know, I think goalies sometimes can be a position that is misunderstood where people are trying, kind of like pitchers in baseball, trying to optimize towards team win probability and goal prevention. There is, I think, a case to be made to optimize towards you know, most, most shots faced. And naturally that is going to lend itself towards more goals, but especially at the high multiplier range, goalies can be rewarded uh, handsomely for just racking up a ton of saves. And we have a number of 2X multiplier goalies, all of whom are kind of goalies we typically have liked in the past. Uh, Headlining our projection is Casey DeSmith for Pittsburgh. Uh, He's got that 2X multiplier Uh, currently seeing that he is projected to start uh, for Pittsburgh in goal tonight. Uh, That has yet to be confirmed, so we'll want to keep an eye on that. If it is Tristan Jerry, uh, maybe a little less optimism there, just not because we think he's a bad goalie, but just there's the lower multiplier on Jerry. But uh, DeSmith going up against a Buffalo team that has – uh, not been very strong. They're missing their best player, Jack Eichel, have been for a while. Um, I'm currently seeing Pittsburgh as uh, minus 320 favorites to win the game outright. Um, so just a good spot for a guy who's at the multiplication ceiling. Um, so to Smith would, as of now, is our preferred uh, goalkeeper at the 2x Mark, but in the past, I mean, we Vitek Vanacek is a guy we play a lot. Uh, Jake Ottinger for Dallas is a guy we play a lot. Kevin Lankinen is a guy we play a lot. These are all guys at 2X. Uh, Lankinen 
has been kind of hot and cold. He's going up against a Florida team where Florida is favored, but they will be missing their star forward Barkov. Uh, Chicago still dogs to Florida, uh, Florida minus 125, uh, but still, you know, a pretty productive offense where, you know, you figure that Lankinen will be seeing a lot of shots uh, sent his way. And if he can uh, prove capable of kind of defending against those shots, could be a good spot. Vitek Vanacek going up against New Jersey, Washington minus 195 uh, favorites against Jersey. Has that 2x multiplier for a goalie who stands pretty good chance to win. Um, game totals at six. So expecting to be expecting to see kind of uh, average to above average uh, scoring volume. So, you know, potentially a good opportunity for Vanacek to rack up saves. Gustafsson, uh, he looked solid in his last performance for Ottawa. Uh, he's going up against a vaunted uh, Toronto offense. Ottawa is heavy dogs to Toronto. So there's, I think, a little less uh, win equity there for Gustafsson. Um, but of, of those two X goalies, uh, you know, I think the Smith, if he starts, looks like the preferred choice, just given the win equity there, um, and given the value of his saves, Vanacek, not far behind, uh, Lankinen, I think is an interesting option. Um, Vanacek tends to be pretty popular and I think people like to play goalies against Buffalo. So, uh, you know, Lankinen could be kind of an alternative uh, option at that 2x price point. And then Ottinger was the one guy we didn't touch on. Uh, Dallas currently uh, dogs to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay minus 180 favorites. So certainly of those 2x guys, uh, DeSmith and Vanacek are looking like the guys who kind of the most win equity. Um, that game, Tampa Bay versus Dallas also uh, uh, uh game total of five and a half goals. So maybe somewhat suppressed uh, scoring uh, and kind of shot volume expected. So uh, yeah, with that in mind, like DeSmith and Vanacek kind of stand out. And then if I were to pick a third guy behind those two, Lankinen would be uh, one to consider. Another note on, um, so just another thing, like when building tournaments, I typically like to uh, prevent goalies from playing opposing skaters. Toronto is projecting as a pretty solid, uh, their, their forward one line is projecting as a pretty solid line for us. So a guy like Gustafson would inherently require that you don't roster the Toronto forward. So, you know, if we are setting rules like preventing goalies from playing against opposing skaters, um, a guy like Gustafson could be squeezed, uh, a little bit from uh, those lineups. As we look at skating lines that are standing out, uh, St. Louis F1 line has been hyper productive. Perrin and O'Reilly uh, are staples in our uh, cash game builds and also are you know highly productive line mates on a powerful uh, St. Louis forward one line. Jordan Kiru is the center on that line. So I think we could see uh, a lot of uh, St. Louis forward one line stacks uh, in our build. So right now, as, as I'm, I'm 
kind of running through these and just adding them to our uh, groups and rules line stacking tab. These are lines that I'm going to want to tab as uh, productive lines that I would like to attempt to optimize through. And then we'll cycle through um, these different lines and, and try to find kind of the best lineups that fit the rules with preventing goalies from going up against opposing skaters and fit, uh, you know, some minimum uh, co, I guess, co-line uh, constraints that we apply. Uh, as mentioned, that Toronto line uh, figures to be quite productive. Austin Matthews, Marner is a cash game staple. Wayne Simmons is the other winger on that line, figures to be a um, highly productive line for Toronto, Colorado, uh, you know, regularly kind of appearing as part of uh, tournament line consideration with McKinnon at center and Rantanen and Landeskog uh, flanking him on either side. Uh, Rantanen's a guy that we're regularly pretty high on. He uh, kind of continues to stay at this high multiplier level of um, like 1.6 is kind of perennially his, his multiplier and just a good, uh, good price for a highly productive wing player. <clears throat> Chicago line, their forward line figures to be uh, pretty strong with Debrincat, who is, I think, just good value uh, skater. Patrick Kane, Pius Suter, these are guys that can, uh, you know, be a part of a productive scoring line for Chicago. So like that forward line as well. And I typically, for builds, like to do a minimum of two players from any of the forward lines that I've tabbed as kind of, uh, you know, desirable forward lines. Uh, obviously, we can get up to three guys from a single forward line. Um, I tend to try to save larger kind of three player groups for power play lines, uh, simply because there is, um, it's quite common to see defenders as part of uh, these power play lines. And, you know, I do like being able to get like a Kale Maker or, uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton or some of these defenders who are, uh, you know, can, can fill defensive roster requirements, but also skate as part of uh, likely to score lines, you know, this opportunity to get, I think, good uh, correlation properties there from your defenders, which at times can be a hard uh, position to correlate with uh, forward skaters. Uh, so like a lot of times we see our builds tend towards uh, some of these defenders for Florida when, you know, Barkov's healthy, he's kind of the, the, the uh, you know, the, the straw that stirs the drink on that Florida uh, forward and power play line and Ekblad and Yandel kind of regularly are just good value defenders and frequently skate on that first power play line with uh, Barkov. So, uh, you know, th there's good kind of correlation properties there that we like to get from our defenders when uh, sometimes, you know, it's a difficult position to correlate. So that's why I tend to like to go a little uh, wide on stacking power play lines and, and keeping uh, forward line stacks fairly tight to like at least a minimum of two players. So right now, just in my optimal rules for, you know, the sake of kind of walking through this exercise, I'm preventing goalies from playing or being rostered alongside skaters that oppose them. The idea of thinking we, for tournament purposes, we don't want uh, goalies who 
stand to benefit from the failure of their opposing skaters and skaters that stand to benefit from the failure of their opposing goalie. Those uh, properties kind of don't match well for players to roster on the same team. There's just kind of natural negative correlation there. I like turning bounce uh, for, for hockey fairly high in like the 20 to 30% range. I think for a big slate like this, I would tend to have a slightly higher bounce, like 25 to 30, uh, just because I don't want my set of lineups to be too condensed around specific lines or goalies on a slate this big. It's kind of uh, like naturally the probability of every player or every line being kind of the top, uh, you know, top goalie or most productive line on the slate is just inherently lower. Uh, because there are so many more teams. So uh, trying to be more diverse with lineups, I think is something to strive for, or at least something I'm striving for in these large slate builds. So I have my bounce turned up to 25. I'm actually going to turn it up to 30. Um, yeah, and then at least two players from any of the following forward lines, St. Louis one, Toronto forward one, Carolina forward two, Colorado forward one, Chicago forward one, Nashville forward one, and then at least three players from any of Colorado, Carolina, Boston, or Columbus's top uh, power play units. And, you know, if I wanted to build like, I mean, we mentioned kind of the 70 uh, MME contest on Superdraft, just their min price kind of nickel entry uh, contests, we can run optimals with those rules and looks like we're getting a lot of Colorado. Um, Kadri is showing up in a lot of lineups, even though he is not uh, skating. I don't believe he might be on the power play one line for uh, Colorado. Yeah, he's part of the forward three power play one line for Colorado. So um, I don't know, I'm seeing, seeing a lot of uh, Colorado guys at the top. We have 64% exposure to Kadri, 57% exposure to McKinnon and Rantanen, 46% exposure to Kale Maker. So those are four guys that are on that um, Colorado power play one line, even though Kadri is on the forward three line. So uh, it seems like Kadri could have good scoring opportunities in power play scenarios, but as part of that forward three line, not going to see like as much ice time as um, these other three skaters. So I might throw just a fade in on Kadri. I, I typically don't like playing uh, guys who are on forward three or forward four lines. Uh, just simply there's kind of a drop off in, skating time for for those skaters so if we fade Kadri and rerun our set of 70 optimals uh we're seeing things flatten out a little bit for colorado uh so 53 percent exposure for ranton and mckinnon 36 for maker kale maker so that's you know an example of getting a colorado defender who will be skating a good bit with the uh, Colorado power play one line. So we just feel like there's kind of good opportunity for uh, maker to correlate for some goal scoring or assisting 
opportunities with McKinnon and Rantanen. So feel feel pretty good about that kind of general build. build. And then it looks like we're also getting a handful of lineups that are uh, including McKinnon and Rantanen, but not Maker. Uh, so just part of fulfilling that kind of minimum two uh, skaters on any of our forward lines that we like. Uh, seeing a good bit of that Perrin-O'Reilly combo for the St. Louis uh, forward one line. Seeing a lot of Mitch Marner. He is on the Toronto uh, starting forward line. He's in 46% of these 70 lineups, but only 21% of Austin Matthews, who's kind of the preferred uh, second skater on that forward one line, 14% of Wayne Simmons. So it seems like we are getting a decent bit of um, Marner lineups where there's just a solo Marner, uh, no, no stacking him with the uh, Toronto forward skaters, which I'm fine with. I think we've talked about this in the past with um, a guy like Matthews. A, like Marner can have a productive game. And if the assists or the goals that Marner assists don't come through Matthews, you know, you're obviously kind of sunk by having Matthews. And, you know, even if Marner has like a two score game, two score game where Matthews gets, you know, one or two of those assists, his multiplier is so low 1.05 that I don't think the success of Marner necessarily implies the success of Matthews. I would say it's more likely the other way around. If Matthews at 1.05 has a big game, you, it would seem likely that Marner would be part of uh, Matthews' success. You know, it would take a pretty big, like, four-point game for, for Matthews. And, uh, you know, Marner's been so productive on that forward one line that, um, you know, it seem, seems likely that he uh, could be involved in uh, a number of Matthews' scoring opportunities as a goal scorer, or pass, uh, you know, a sister. So, uh, anyways, fine with Marner as kind of a solo play in a number of lineups. And obviously happy to roster him as part of a Toronto uh, starting forward line stack. As touched on, seeing a lot of Casey DeSmith, he's in 26% of these optimals, which is a pretty high number given the uh, bounce is at 30%. That, that's pretty high. Um, and yeah, then we're seeing a number of uh, like Philip Hronick is just kind of a defender who is getting put into a lot of solo lineups. He's been uh, modestly productive as a defender uh, and he's at that full 2X multiplier. So we have a uh, you know, pretty solid post multiplier projection on him. Don't see him as part of any uh, stacking you know, opportunities. Jordan Stahl is a uh, skater for Carolina that we're uh, pretty high on right now. He is projected as part of Carolina's starting uh, power play and forward line and looks like he's getting put in some lineups with some Carolina uh, skaters Martin Nikos and um, we touched on Dougie Hamilton as a defender who's part of that Carolina uh, kind of starting power play line so um, you know figuring that you can get pretty decent opportunities for you know assist goal scoring between Hamilton and Stahl, uh, when, when you can match up defenders and forwards who have, you know, somewhat less uh, kind of on ice 
uh, pairing projectability, you know, you feel pretty good about that. So going with that Carolina uh, power play unit could be, could be a good one where you get some, some defenders, you, know, you can fill out your defensive, uh, you know, roster slots with a guy who has good correlative kind of stack opportunities. So, yeah, as I search through, I mean, those are some of the names that stick out. Seeing a number of kind of Nashville forward lines with Arvidsson. Uh, he is also, I believe, at the max multiplier of two. Yep. And he's part of Nashville's forward one line. So figures to see a lot of ice time, um, reasonably productive line. And, you know, you get uh, with Arvidsson on that line. Um, well, looks like he's actually getting mostly uh, just kind of naked Arvidsson plays. Um, he is kind of oddly projected on Nashville's power play two line, um, even though he's on the forward one line and their forward projected forward two winger, Philip Forsberg is on projected to be on Nashville's starting power play line. So we're getting a good bit of uh, looks like Arvidsson and Forsberg. Um, but the fact that they don't skate together, even on power play, it seems like we're getting some naked Arvidsson and then some Forsberg, uh, like Nashville power play one lines with like Forsberg at home. Um, not sure who the third skater on that Nashville power play one line is. But um, anyways, figure figures to be like, a, actually, I don't know, I guess uh, Eckholm is not, let's see, Forsberg is On power play one, projected to be Eckholm's on projected power play two with Arvidsson. So it looks like we're just getting like all three of these Nashville guys, uh, Arvidsson, Forsberg, and Eckholm as strong solo projections, but not, um, I guess, you know, you have Arvidsson and uh, Eckholm on the power play two line, but that's not really a, a line I'm trying to stack through, just given that, you know, they only figure to see the ice on some of these longer power plays. So Anyways, the Nashville guys, you know, I think could be some skaters that have a good one-off potential just as value plays, uh, but not really a line that we're trying to actively stack. Well, rather, we're trying to plug in like, you know, some, some Nashville one stacking, but um, it looks like the other two forward ones for Nashville, Grandland and Jarncroc just aren't uh, projecting super favorably. So anyways consider taking some of these one-off Nashville guys against uh, Detroit. Um, let's see. Riley is like another Morgan Riley for Toronto, another defender who looks like is finding his way into a Decent bit of lineups, 26%. So he's part of that, uh, you know, Marner, Matthews, uh, Simmons pair. Um, well, I guess actually, he's not finding his way into lineups through that, um, 
through that stack as that's not, uh, you know, I didn't plug in Toronto's starting power play line as a power play line to build through. So I guess just Riley has a strong uh, projection, but definitely wouldn't be upset to get uh, some lineups that feature Riley, Marner, uh, Matthews. That to me feels like a pretty strong pair. And even though you got, or trio rather, even though you got the low multiplier on Matthews, you got pretty good uh, multipliers on both Marner and Riley. So, um, you know, if those guys are a part of any sort of Matthews production, uh, you do have a potentially high value stack there. So, um, you know, kind of a defender, correlative defender to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, so that'll about do it. Um, yeah, I encourage you guys to check out some of the Super Draft NHL contests. Uh, they got, you know, some cash games, some tournament games. Uh, we've been talking mostly for the purposes of tournament, but some of these value plays that we touched on figure to be strong uh, cash plays as well. So consider them uh, in your builds there. And um, yeah, encourage you guys to check out their contests and we will be back tomorrow with some uh, return to Good luck, everyone. Thank you.